0: in this self doo. Today's episode is called The Reality of UFOs and Out of Body Experiences So this is a, a lot of free association but it makes for a fascinating story I think you're really going to love this one and where it goes to, but I start with the reality of UFOs and end with, roughly end with out of body experiences. There's a little bit more after that, but that's where I'm going with this. So, point number one where the reality of UFOs. So, I was looking at my email earlier and I got one from The Futurist and the title of this article in The Futurist was called UFOs are real but might not be aliens and that's somehow more terrifying and the article may not have been directly referencing what popped up in my head at first but that's what I got from it and it was published on May 18 2021 by AJ Dillinger like I said um, on Mike.com the email I got was from the Futurist but the article that they had curated in the email because the email from the Futurist has many different articles in it but the one by AJ Dillinger was called UFOs are real but might not be aliens and that's somehow more terrifying. So the first point about that where that led me to free association the first thing that popped in my mind when i read it and that's more terrifying that it might not be aliens was something i had learned about called a breakaway civilization. And a breakaway civilization is basically a civilization of of humans and maybe, I I don't know, if maybe other non-human entities, but the best way I can describe this is by using some popular media, because I watch a lot of movies and read a lot of books, but a lot of people are familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and part of the storyline, starting with Captain America, the first Avenger, is that the Nazis had a scientific branch called Hydra and they were researching some metaphysical things, some paranormal uh, things in order to gain more power through technology that may have come from older more advanced civilizations and that's where the whole idea of the infinity stones one of the Infinity Stones, the Space Stone, and some other ones powering the Hydra weapons and Loki's staff so and another something similar to that in popular media media is the first Hellboy movie which also was a comic book and uh, Hellboy that's where they opened up a portal to Hell uh, or at least another dimension And that's where Hellboy came from. And it was also because the Nazi scientists were working on trying to discover or rediscover technology to be more advanced than other organizations in the world. And so this breakaway civilization is composed of, made up of, people who have control of these advanced technologies and one of the things that they're doing there was something that i read in one of the books that discusses this idea of a breakaway civilization uh... in depth is a book called uh... interplanetary warfare modern physics and ancient texts by uh... joseph p Farrell, who has a phd in philosophy and one of the things about that was that someone described a a vehicle that was used that looked like it had taken a beating and it was it was theorized it was suggested that this vehicle had had already been so advanced that it had visited every planet in our solar system and maybe even beyond our solar system and throughout the entire milky way galaxy and maybe even to other galaxies or many other places in the universe and so that's the first thing that came to my mind when I looked at the article that says UFOs are real but may not be aliens and that's more terrifying and I thought well yeah that that is terrifying that if these are people on earth who have control of this technology that have been able to keep it so secret and maybe even make us think through some kind of psychological operations also known as psyops, that these are alien beings because the technology so advanced it seems like that to us and um, so so this breakaway civilization um, one of the other things the the breakaway civilization may not have developed all the technology on on their own but may have reverse engineered it from reading of ancient texts and figuring out this ancient plasma physics that was used for this advanced technology that these older civilizations had. And this breakaway civilization, one of the things that's terrifying about that is that this ancient civilization during the planetary war that they had they had these what I'm going to just say for my purposes I like the way it sounds scalar resonance weapons and basically it means these weapons that are that use uh frequency that can tune into the frequency of different objects and cause them to be destroyed and so there was a war between the the civilization on Mars and an unknown planet uh, further away from the Sun from Mars that's between Mars and Jupiter and that civilization their planet was destroyed Their entire planet was destroyed by one of these scalar weapons and these scalar weapons are you know uh, sort of like how well everything has a a, a a frequency and if you can tune into that frequency you can cause it to shatter and be destroyed sort of like the example we see of an opera singer who can tune into the frequency of a glass and shatter the glass or even some some tools that are used in in medicine like for example if a person has kidney stones which can be very painful and a person cannot they can't go to the bathroom and pass the kidney stones unless they are surgically removed. Or, there's a technology called lithotripsy, litho having to do with stones. There's a word for stone and tripsy meaning to destroy or break apart. And it uses sound vibration. It uses a, a frequency to tune into the kidney stones and break them apart so that they're small enough to then pass through the urethra so a person can pee them out basically and get rid of the kidney stones. And so this same kind of scalar resonance weapon was used to destroy an entire planet. And that planet was between Mars and Jupiter, roughly between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter. And that's why there's the asteroid belt exists there. And this breakaway civilization, going back to one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe story arcs, storylines that that I talked about before with Captain America is very similar to reality in the way that many of the Nazi scientists and other scientists who were perceived and had actual uh, strategic scientific value, meaning the same purposes that the Nazis were studying all these metaphysical and paranormal things or these ancient physics and looking at these ancient texts is so that they could be the superior f- uh, technological force because you know technology can be used to help us with a lot of things but unfortunately the way the world is right now a lot of technology is used to make advanced weaponry and so if you can have a weapon like that that can destroy an entire planet uh, I mean that's that's pretty terrifying all by itself So, um, but the point about the Nazi scientist and the breakaway civilization is that around World War II, according to these books, and even according to the storyline in Captain America, is that through Project Paperclip, these Nazi scientists and other scientists were brought to the United States and given, um, given, given sanctuary. They were given asylum. They were protected in exchange for, for the scientific and technological advancements and in information that they had. And so that's the same thing that happened with one of the scientists, Zola, in Captain America. Project Paperclip brought him over, and that's the story that happened really with Werner von Braun, for example, who was one of the founders of our space association, NASA. So those things are similar to reality in that way. The, a side note about these scalar resonance weapons because this is actually even one of the points I'm going to get around to later with the out-of-body experiences and what I talked about, about tuning into the resonant frequency of any object because every object vibrates at, at a very specific resonant frequency like a fingerprint and if you can tune into that you can cause it to be destroyed so uh now those scalar resonance weapons. There was something that I published recently. I created one of my demi cerebral neurophase tones based off of uh, some scientific or scientific journal articles or scientific papers that were published, where one scientist from India said that there's he named three different frequencies that could be used to combat COVID-19 and that's not even the only one I mean way before that there were other physicists talking about how you could tune into the the shell of a virus and cause the virus to be killed that way Um, there were other people named Royal Raymond Rife who he was discredited who talked about being able to use frequencies to tune into pathogens and cause them to be destroyed Holder Regger Clark who also a lot of people considered be fringe or fraud but she also had the idea of using electricity and magnetism and using certain frequencies to tune into the frequencies of different pathogens and causing them to be destroyed. And there's actually a lot more. There's um, a lot of mainstream scientific research that talks about using frequencies to kill cancers and many other things. So these things are not so far-fetched to think about, but those are the connections that are being made there. So back to okay so I already talked about where that started right UFOs are real but they're not aliens that may be more terrifying Led me to the idea of breakaway civilization that there was an interplanetary war using scalar weapons and now when I started thinking about the book by Joseph P. Farrell and the interplanetary warfare and the scalar weapons it reminded me well if there was a civil civilizations just in our solar system and you know there there may have been at least two or three maybe even four planets involved um... could have been all the way out to jupiter could have been jupiter the planet that is now the asteroid belt mars and maybe even ancient earthlings But uh they have to have some kind of communication some kind of advanced communication system and oh, and before I go on to that about these scalar weapons and about um, something interesting one side note that that's a little fun note is that when whoever destroyed that planet that's between the orbit of Jupiter and Mars um, that's one of the reasons why Mars has almost a non-existent uh, or a very thin atmosphere that's completely different from Earth because its atmosphere was blown off by the explosion. So maybe the, the Martians, their weapon destroyed that planet, that now missing planet. But it the the blowback was that the the explosion knocked most of the atmosphere off of Mars. And you know, maybe that's why Mars has certain type of scarring on the planet. But anyway, so there's this breakaway civilization. And Now that led me to thinking about, okay, this breakaway civilization, they might have had some advanced communication system. Well, that reminded me of something, a book I read called Message of the Pulsars, or message from the pulsars by another PhD, Paul A. violet And he talked about how, and this is one thing that blew my mind, how pulsars, stars that give off enormous amounts of, of, of radio and X-ray frequencies and everything like that that they're set up in such a way throughout the galaxy that they have a geometric positioning that would be strategically significant if there were gonna be you know interplanetary races or even intergalactic civilizations communicating with each other and some of the reasons why he says is he's been studying this stuff for like 40 years and he says one thing is that the placement of these in space and throughout the solar system, throughout the galaxy, is that they're strategically placed for communication. The way they're aligned with each other, and then the other thing was their periodicity or their their frequency, that it seemed to be way too perfect of how they were spinning and and how they were shooting out their jets of plasma and everything like that. So it seemed like they were actually. I mean, can you imagine having such an advanced technology that you could manipulate freaking stars to use them as your communication system? That's like, you know, somebody. That's 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 uh, an intergalactic, you know, internet made of stars. So if you can, you, you can imagine you can. Man, you had technology so high you could manipulate entire stars to use as your internet, basically, and. So, and Paul Elvilet reading his books also, it made me think more about okay, UFOs are real. There is this breakaway civilization. Well, how are they? How are they getting around? How Are they traveling? What what powers this technology? And one of the things that Paul Elvilet there's another book that I have of his, which is called Secrets of Anti, Secrets of Anti Gravity Propulsion based on electrogravitics and this technology is basically uh, manipulation of electricity and magnetism to create gravitational forces and in fact Paul A. LeViolet suggests that electricity and magnetism and gravity are not different they're just different aspects of the same thing they're all the same and that by manipulating positive and negative uh, poles of electricity and magnetism you can create not only the normal gravity gravity well that we feel so a gravity well right a well is like a hole in the ground if you if you step into the hole of a well you'll go down and so gravity well is what we normally feel as the attractive force but you could also manipulate this into an electro an anti-gravity propulsion by creating what what are called gravity hills and a gravity hill is a repulsive force it pushes And these different uh, vehicles that move at these amazing speeds and make these crazy turns that should be impossible physically on a human body or human pilot um, is achieved because inside the vehicle there's a neutral gravitational field created inside of it that that the beings, whoever the pilots are, don't feel it. They don't feel the g-forces, so it's safe for them inside because in the direction that the craft is going there's a gravity well pulling it and an equal gravity hill pushing it so there's no inertial forces to cause g-force which it could be damaging to the occupants of these advanced vehicles so and again now Paul A. Le this led me thinking more about other stuff that he talks about he touches also on a certain type of ether physics which the ether physics, uh, I don't want to get in too much, but one of my favorite scientists is James Clerk Maxwell, who wrote two volumes on treaties, the, the treaties of electricity and magnetism. And, and I think it's in the end of volume two, I believe, he talks about that his aim in the entire treatise was to try to, to figure out what this etheric medium is. What is this ether? He was trying to figure out what the ether is because he was attempting to figure out what what is electricity, the electric, uh, uh, the electromagnetic force traveling through? What's the medium? And when we talk about a medium, it's like, how do do sound waves travel? They they travel through the air by vibrating oxygen and other molecules that make up our air. And, you know, uh, another medium of sound is can be water or a piece of wood. Our vocal cords, your ears, the tympanic membranes, and so a lot of this stuff. I'm also going to be talking about a lot of it has to do with frequency. Um, it's mainly uh, mainly frequencies of of sound and electricity and magnetism, which are also which is also light. And so this ether physics, Pauli e. leviolet talks about. To us, it seems to be non physical in some ways because we don't have the technology, well a a side note is string theory for example which talks about that we have these vibrating strings that are so infinitesimally infinitesimally small that none of the modern scientific equipment that we have and nothing in the foreseeable future can prove the existence or non-existence of them that's why a lot of scientists and theoretical physics say is that a a theory of, of physics or is it a philosophy? But, so, and and this ether physics he talks about is made up of these etherons, and depending on how these etherons interact with each other, that gives rise to all of the different subatomic particles, like electrons, photons, protons, protons, neutrons, quarks, everything, and then those make up the atoms, and then, of course, atoms make up, you know, the molecules, and so on and so forth. and uh so and and basically, it's in some way, he's saying that these etherons are responsible th- depending upon the combinations of them, and he has these these very neat etheron equations, that it basically goes from he demonstrates through his ether physics uh, theory with etherons of how to go from a non-physical existence to what we observe as our physical world of all these subatomic particles and everything that makes up our physical reality. And so again I'm talking about free association. But now where else did that lead me? Well I've been looking at something called ontological mathematics for a while. And ontological mathematics has a very similar suggestion which is that there is a non-physical domain. It's not space and time. It's non-physical domain of, of purely mathematical information. And when, and it's composed of sinusoidal waves, sine waves and cosine waves, but not physically. It's not in space and time. It's, it's what's known as unextended. It has no extension. It has no height. It has no width. It has no length. Okay. It, the, but it's just purely mathematical information, but this mathematical information is symmetrical like a, if you imagine a plus sign, right, a plus sign, if you think about it, you can make a square and you could put a plus sign in the square and you'll have four more smaller perfect squares in there. And that's perfect symmetry. You have four squares and you have a, an x-axis and a y-axis. But anyway, when these sine waves and these cosine waves are in symmetry with each other, when they're basically making this plus sign, it remains to be unextended. It, it equals out to zero. And zero doesn't mean nothing, it, it's more like saying neutral, because in ontological mathematics every single number, all the natural numbers, the integers, the, all of the imaginary numbers, um, all, all of these numbers exist in, in both their positive and negative uh, forms but they're equal so that when they're symmetrical it equals to zero and seems to be unextended. But then when this symmetry is broken when there are in some informational relationship when there's maybe more sine waves and cosine waves in a specific uh, sphere of of informational existence it causes an asymmetry, or a symmetry breaking, which then shows up as different information that we can detect in the physical world. Again, just like in, in the ether physics of Paul e. La LaViolette, something that we can't detect because of relationships that they have with each other, it then gives rise to what we see is our physical reality. And ontological mathematics goes even further to be able to explain the Big Bang through this symmetry breaking by saying that in fact it's when all of the monads or all of the information containing vessels in this unextended domain or minds, because all of existence is mind according to ontological mathematics, when there was a breaking, a decoupling, a decoherence, a symmetry breaking, that gave rise to the Big Bang and all of the physical reality that we see, all the subatomic atomic particles all the way out to infinity of everything that we know in our physical reality. And so, and that's fascinating, it just says that, you know, all of our reality is mathematical information or mind. So now, I'm just going to give a little recap. So number 1 I started with UFOs are real right and they're not may not be aliens that may be more terrifying which led me to a breakaway civilization which are people on earth who have this advanced technology which seems like it's so advanced that it's not of this world and they were in possession of 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 a technology that was from ancient texts and they had a cosmic war they blew up planets with it and they were communicating by manipulating stars, which we know as pulsars or quasars, even that are positioned in such a way to seem like an intergalactic communication system, and also because of their how how, uh, how periodic, how perfectly periodic their frequency is, and how that's how that is also related to um, the technology they may may be using, which is anti-gravity propulsion. Which leads to an ether physics that talks about how our physical reality comes into being, which leads to ontological mathematics, which also talks about how you can go from a non-dimensional, non-space-time, uh, unextended, dimensionless existence of information and which is symmetrical and breaking out into becoming our physical world, and even may have been the cause of the Big Bang. And I know that's a lot. It's a lot for me to think about sometimes, but it's also a lot of fun. It's very interesting. And it comes to the fact that that means what was what, being said is that all of reality is mind. It's mental. It's thought. It's information. Mathematical information. Mathematical relationships. And that's what I actually think is one of the real similarities between uh, what Paul A. La Violette calls sub-quantum kinetics and his ether physics of how we come from a non-physical to a physical reality. Although I don't think he'll agree with me that he's saying it's non-physical, this may be like string theory it's not able to be detected except you can, just like mathematics in general, you can mathematically theorize the existence of these things, but ontological mathematics and Paul A. La Violette, the strength of their arguments is that they work backwards from well Paul A. Violet he's more physical so he he uses more uh, inductive reasoning whereas ontological ma- mathematics uses deductive reasoning so Paul A. Violet comes more from a materialistic standpoint and ontological mathematics comes from a ideal idealistic standpoint or an idealism which says that all is mind first and that and that the physical reality reality is secondary. Okay, now what does all of that have to do with the final part that I'm going to talk about which are out-of-body experiences. So remember I'm calling this the reality of UFOs and out-of-body experiences. So here we come to out-of-body experiences and also I'm going to talk again about um, about frequency, sound frequency and and things like uh, binaural beats, hemisync or hemispheric synchronization and my brand of those which is called demiphase which is short for demicerebral neural phasing and how we can have out of body experiences and how they might be real and so in the same way that Mind gives rise to the physical reality by going from being symmetrical and perfectly balanced to having a decoupling in a certain area of relationship of information that's not actually really located in space-time until there's a decoupling of this information or a breaking of the symmetry of thought. That, in in this similar way, like I've been having. Spontaneous out-of-body experiences, and as time has gone by, I've been more and more able to 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 more uh, to to more deliberately induce out-of-body experiences. I started having spontaneous lucid dreams, and now I'm able to have lucid dreams almost on cue, whenever I want to, almost pretty much every night. And now the same thing is starting to happen with the out-of-body experiences. Although they're a little bit more unwieldy, it's a little bit more difficult to handle for me, at least for right now. But how do we we have them? And so one thing I'm talking about here is that these ideas from Hemisync and binaural beats is the use of sound to cause the brain to be coherent to cause both sides of the brain we have a left side of the brain and a right side of the brain and usually the two sides of the brain are communicating completely differently they're doing completely different things yes there's a communication with them but they're hand- handling completely different types of information and they're not communicating at a very coherent they're not com- well they're not communicating in a very coherent manner until we employ something like hemi-sync, demi-phase, and other binaural beats, which is by using sound, different tones, one tone in one ear and a tone in another ear, like a hundred in one ear and a hundred and five in the other ear, and your brain has an auditory hallucination of the difference between one hundred and one hundred and five, which is five, so your brain hears five. So if one ear has a hundred a 100 uh, cycles per second, and one ear, another. the other ear has 105 cycles per second, your brain hears the five cycles per second, which is the difference between them. And when it does that, that's because both sides of the brain are now communicating coherently. They're now becoming more symmetrical. Think about this now. Now they're becoming more symmetrical and that is when we are able to leave our physical body. You see, remember the other way around was that the non-physical domain is symmetry, perfect neutrality. And when that symmetry is broken or decoupled, when when there's decoherence, we then get physicality. And so what you can do by using hemi-sync, demi-phase, other binaural beats, is by getting your brain to synchronize in a certain way using these frequencies you can then come out of your physical body you can separate what is really truly you which is mind and thought and leave your physical body and for some reason some people like me and others have these spontaneously without using these frequencies but there are many reasons for that there could be reasons like because of low blood sugar or different chemical reactions that happen with certain drugs or alcohol that cause a certain type of either consistent over time coherence in the brain or a very powerful spontaneous coherence in the brain which then causes that symmetry to happen so that that non-physical part of you is able to separate from that physical part of you. And they're both existing at the same time because they always are. In in ontological mathematics the symmetry happens of mind, and this is thought, which is number one, and it's just that the thoughts become asymmetrical and causes physical reality, but it's still the mind, the non-physical part, still exists, of course, because it is the basis and the foundation of all reality. Mind, thought is the basis of all reality. So it's still there and some of the examples that the proponents of of ontological mathematics like Morgue, who created the organization uh, called Hyperionism, talks about is that the same way that a drone pilot could be in one location and can be piloting a drone, doesn't mean that they have to be in the drone or physically located in the drone, just that they're controlling it. And in the same way, when we use demiphase or other means to become more symmetrical in thought, meaning to cause more coherence in our brain, the two sides of our brain, we then are able to detach from the physical body in that similar way. And so this and so the sound and frequency are just a few ways to achieve this type of coherence or symmetry in order to leave your physical body and have these out-of-body experiences and again alcohol, drugs, low blood sugar, other things that happen to people can cause this kind of symmetry to happen and people have these experiences without using these means except it's been found, if you want to if you want have, have more control over it, what you're doing, then you can use these things like demiphase, hemi-sync, and binaural beats in order to get your mind in that coherent, symmetrical state in order to have access to the non-physical reality. So that's how I came all around to here just from looking at an article that said UFOs may be real and they're not aliens but that's more terrifying and it led me down this rabbit hole of breakaway civilizations and interplanetary war, scalar resonance weapons you know uh, killing pathogens with with sound and frequency and tuning into things just like they did with the planet you can do the same thing with viruses intergalactic communication systems made of stars you know sending messages using stars anti-gravity propulsion is the means of how different people can travel throughout the universe and how this electrogravitics that the anti-gravity propulsion is based on is based on something even more fundamental which is ether physics composed of etherons and which is very similar to ontological mathematics and all being mind and going from uh, mental uh, symmetry of sinusoidal waves and mathematical relationships to a symmetry breaking and becoming decoherent which leads to physical reality and how we can also manipulate that same thing in reverse in order to get from our physical reality into a non-physical reality using binaural beats my brand demi-phase or what's known as hemisync. and my previous podcast covered uh, stuff about how to use binaural beats so you can take a look at that and see what that says. But that's going to be it for now. I wanted to make this note about the reality of UFOs and out-of-body experiences and all of these points I'm going to cover later in more depth and probably with a lot more understanding myself. And I'm going to keep telling this story because it's really fun to see how all of these things fit together. There are a lot of things that I left out but this is a lot of fun, at least it is for me. And interestingly enough, most of this stuff was covered in the over, like, 90 courses that I took for, when as and courses at the University of Metaphysical Science, Sciences. And there's a lot of those courses you can take individually. Um, one of them is about UFOs, and their UFOs and their reality. Uh, so and they cover a lot of this other stuff about mind being first before matter and so on and so forth anyway this was a really interesting and exciting for me i know that many of you have never heard any of this information put together in this way you and it was just my free association that led me to do that but i really believe that there's something there there's something more to be looked at with all of this stuff with UFOs and breakaway civilizations and pulsars and anti-gravity propulsion ether physics ontological mathematics and and uh, demi and binaural beats and using frequencies so there's a lot to be to be thought about and the main point that I'm gonna make here is that um, there's a lot we can understand if we if we look more at frequencies if we start to look more at frequency and vibration more as the basis of reality which is really thought which is mind then we'll be able to tie a lot of the stuff in together a lot more coherently and if nothing else at least have a lot of fun with it but maybe even help advance our means of of adventure you know one of the things i use my uh, binaural beats, my demi phase 4 is not only for... well the main, the main thing is to, is to enjoy and to have these journeys, these exper- experiences with my mind that go far beyond my physical body. I mean I've traveled so many places in my mind before I've actually gone there physically. And that's another thing that I found, find completely fascinating about this because it ties into experiences that I've been having all my life is that a lot of things that I'm doing now, I thought about it way before. And I know that that seems like so oversimplified, but that really is it. And th- there's more to be said about that, but I'm not going not gonna to say it now. But um, yeah, that's, that's going to be it. So that was today's episode, the reality of UFOs and out-of-body experiences alright listeners all around the world thanks for joining me for another adventure with metaphysical hypnosis and meditation your continued support is always welcome and if you're excited about the great offerings here that help you relax sleep lucid dream learn and beyond then support the creation of many more metaphysical hypnosis and meditation productions by becoming a monthly contributor you can support these adventures with a subscription by going to Uniquilibrium.com and simply clicking on the link that says Uniquilibrium Supporters, and there you will find links that you can support through Anchor, through PayPal, or through Liberapay. You've been listening to the Equilibrium Podcast by HypnoAthletics, Exercising Your Mind. My name is Hakim Alibokus Alexander. I'm your host and guide. And I will catch you on the next wave. Stay well. Mm